0: Well, celebration time. It's episode 10. We made it. We're here.
1: Will there be an episode 11? You know, I, I guess... You ask this every week, like, they're, <laughs> like we're on the hot seat. I didn't think we were, but good to be here for episode 10. Exciting week in the Catholic League. Some championships are on the horizon. More to come, and it gets to be that exciting time of the winter sports season. So, good to be here. A lot of great stuff to talk about, and We get close to that fun stuff with championships coming our way soon. Jeremy Otto alongside Brendan Johnson
0: here today. We want to remind you to subscribe, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search Inside CHSL on Google as well. Follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. We want to hear what uh, you have to say. People have been doing a, a pretty good job following us, so we appreciate that. But we want you to tell your friends not only about the podcast, the Twitter, everything involved, because we want, you know, as many Catholic League schools and communities and student athletes involved in this as possible, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. Continue to spread the word. We'll continue to spread the story we got a lot to get to today, so let's jump right into it. J&B's top highlights from the previous week. We start on
1: the ice. We do. Catholic Central-Stevenson, a big west side rivalry there. Two top teams in the state of Michigan go to battle in Catholic Central. They go out, they pick up a big 4-0 victory over Stevenson. Maybe a little bit of a surprise that the game was so lopsided. Expected to be a little more competitive, But CC, that is a statement four nothing win for them. Yeah, I think the the
0: most impressive part about that game, and when you look at the you know the top two teams uh, going at in the state, some have discrepancy whether Stevenson was number one or CC was number two. Probably now that you know CC beats them and they break their twenty one game winning streak, that's settled at least for now until the state playoffs. But. Um, so Dylan Dooley scored scored the goal ten minutes into the contest after they'd kind of gone back and forth. But after that, Catholic Central picked up a five minute major, so that was kind of at the end of the first period, which they were able to kill off. And when you look at things, and, and when you look at two teams like that and two potent offenses going at each other, that's going to be huge not only for the psyche of Catholic Central to say, "Hey, look, if we can, you know, kill off that adversity after we had just." scored in the game and gotten up, I think we can do anything in these state playoffs.
1: Oh, no doubt about that. Anytime you could overcome some adversity and learn from a situation and really just, again, prove to yourself, hey, we can do this or no situation's going to be too difficult for us. We've just got to do it. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to make this adjustment. We've got to stay mentally tough through it. You're going to be in fine shape. And of course, cc has got the talent. They've got the talent to go out, win another state title. That's not the issue, right? But when you start to get those mental victories, when you start to see those times of adversity or challenges that you overcome, that's when a good team becomes great and you know that you can go on and really make some noise in the state tournament. Number
0: two in our top highlights, we go to the wrestling men. Now, how about the victory for Brother Rice, 51-20 over Seaholm, to seal their first district title in a decade. So this is is a Warriors squad led by some seniors. Joe McKay and Charlie Nelson really kind of set the tone for that district title. But when you look at it now, they move on to the regionals. They face number three, Heartland, which will obviously be a really tough task. But then UD Judgment and Wild Lake Western as well on the other side of the bracket. Those are two teams that they've already beaten. So if they can find a way to beat Heartland, you know, who knows? Maybe they're moving
1: on. You look at Brother Rice and a few years back, wrestling was a sport that was very far down the totem pole. You could just read about it. And and the progress that that program has made uh, is really tremendous, right? And they could find a way, you mentioned, to get to a regional, win beyond, or beyond the regional. That's huge. Huge. So for those Seniors now that were freshmen, they came in and saw a program that really needed some revamping. And it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of hard work. And for Brother Rice to go out and do what they're doing and the strides they've made, says a lot about this senior class and the commitment of those kids. So congratulations to them. And very, very impressive the way they've been able to trend upwards. Moving on to the court. Loyola's Mark Mayberry had a huge performance in what was a game that decided the number one seed uh, in the AA a division of the Catholic League. Uh, 27 points, 17 rebounds, six assists for Mark Mayberry. His team clinches the one seed. They defeat Luther North. His team will get set to take deal, take on De La Salle in the first round of the Catholic League playoff. But what a performance by Mark Mayberry and I mean, that's huge. If you can get that kind of performance every night, that's a Loyola team that's going to be tough to beat. I was able
0: to text back and forth with uh, Dennis Moore, the head coach over at Loyola, a little bit, and he said he's really worked hard to become the face of the program, and I think that's something that this Loyola team needed. I mean, you look at the last you know three or so years, and they've been right there. They've been good, but they haven't taken that extra step maybe that they'd like to make, and Having a guy like a Mark Mayberry, and you look at Orchard Lake, having a guy like Lauren Bowman, who we're going to talk about a little bit later as well, can can do wonders for you. I mean, you look at Cassius Winston, what he did for the UD Judgment Program, kind of taking them over the hump. So maybe this takes Loyola over the hump, and they can, not that they haven't been there, because, I mean, you think about it, they were uber close to winning that state championship Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, but you know, at the buzzer, but... Maybe a guy like this can,
1: you know, get them that state title. Get them over the hump. That would be huge. And you're right. That's a good team. They've got a very talented team. They'll run a press, they'll put pressure on, they get to the rim. Uh, they've got guys that can hit those kickout threes as well. So they've got good balance, good athleticism, a little bit of size. They're not huge, but they're athletic. They use the length that they have, but they're physical. They play really good defense and they look to capitalize on mistakes made. So, they're going to be a tough out come tournament time. Yeah,
0: leader in all categories: nineteen points per game, ten rebounds a game, five assists per game, and three steals a game. And when you talk about guys like Lauren Bowman, I mean his numbers are right up there in in terms of you know trying to be one of the best players in the state as well. Moving on to number four. Uh, another hockey player, a lacrosse player as well, in a program that's been dynamic in lacrosse, you know, in our lifetime, really, you can say <laughs> confidently. DJ Dixon named the 2020 MHSA Class A scholar athlete. You have to have over a three-five. He already beaten me in that category in high school. I had a better GPA in college than I did in high school. That that's whack, but I guess sometimes that when you when you look at Catholic League student athletes, that's how it, or I wasn't a student-athlete nowhere near, but students, that, that's how it works. I don't know if it was the same for you. But also you have to be active in your community, uh, participate in at least one MHSA sport that uh, the the state sponsors for a postseason berth. But he's you a know, prototypical guy. He, he works really hard. He's a student leader for Kairos, VP of the student body of Brother Rice. So it's, it's good to see guys like that get an award like that as well.
1: DJ Dixon embodies what it's supposed to be to be – a student-athlete and a Catholic League student-athlete representing his school really well. You talk about being a Kairos leader. You talk about his involvement at the school, his strong academic standard, uh, and just a kid that, that represents the league the way it's supposed to be done. These are the kind of stories that we want to be talking about because this is a kid that definitely deserves the recognition that he's getting. Work hard in the classroom. Work hard in your sport. Represent your school in a positive way. Embody your faith and especially going on that Kairos retreat, which any of our listeners that are, you know, maybe former Kairos retreatants or know those that have gone on that retreat just know the impact and how powerful of an experience that is. It, it just it, it makes you a well rounded person, and well rounded people are the kind of people we want in the Catholic League. So, congratulations to DJ Dixon on that tremendous honor. We started the top highlights here on the ice. We're going to go back to the ice as we wrap up our top highlights from the previous week. UD Jesuit hockey just continues to roll. We talked about them last week and the success they had at the MIHL showcase now this week they tied Brother Rice number five of the state three to three. that's a game where Rice was leading three nothing UED came back they stormed back tied it three to three and that's what the final was. then they beat Trenton ranked number eight four to three Gross Point South ranked number seven two to one. UD Jesuit just continues to compete with and beat top tier teams. they're rolling they're playing good hockey at the right time. Maybe this is a team we need to be watching for, you know, throughout the state tournament, really making a deep run.
0: Yeah, we talked about last week maybe how, you know, important a a goalie streak, hot streak could be going down the stretch. Blake Nowak, 22 saves. That really doesn't tell the story, though. He met, you know, a a play aggressively at the blue line coming out uh, and poking it away. Something you've kind of seen in the pros a, a lot by some of your better goaltenders. But, Maybe that's the key to to get this team going. We've talked about their scoring woes and even their woes of getting behind in games. One of the parents, I, I was able to attend the game and talk with the coaching staff a little bit afterwards as well. And one of the parents was joking, "Hey, look, you know, we feel almost comfortable now that we're down. We're we're right where we want to be, down two nothing, one nothing to begin the game because we had that confidence to get back. Obviously." That's not really what you want, but ultimately, if, if you're coming back in games against Brother Rice, Trenton, Gross Point South, teams
1: in the top 10 in the rankings, that, that can go a long way. Yeah, no doubt about that. And it's And When you're comfortable playing from behind, that's a really, really good attribute to have come that state tournament time because you just never know when you're going to be in a game where they score early or uh, just something goes the wrong way and you've got to battle back. That's a good thing to be able to have that mindset and mentality that you're really never out of it. You can continue to fight.
0: And the rankings we used this week were via Sean and He's
1: going to be our guest next week, so that should be fun. Something to keep an eye on. Just also want to mention, as we wrap up top highlights here, uh, the girls' basketball semifinals mm-hmm. uh, are tonight as we record on the 19th. We're going to preview those. We're going to talk about the girls' final. But real quick, just to add in, both – intersectional division winners knocked out of the Catholic League playoffs so mm-hmm. it will not be a divisional winner who claims the Catholic League Cardinal division title so uh kind of crazy stuff I don't want to spoil too much we'll get into it on our things to watch but Our Lady of the Lakes and Saint Catherine of Siena both picking up upset victories uh, just another highlight from this previous week. And
0: that's why you love high school tournaments. I mean, you, you never, in and, you know, tournaments in general, you look at March Madness. Why is it called March Madness? Because things like that happen. And that's that's really the exciting part. Uh, and I, I certainly think winter is, is one of the most, you know, where you get that with hockey and girls and boys basketball. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other sports. Baseball can happen. Softball can happen. But I think now is one of the more exciting times in high school sports in terms of You know, looking at the buzz around it, real quick as well before we
1: head to our our history segment, you see what Amani Bates did last night. Sixty-three points, double overtime victory. The kids, the kids, special. There's no doubt about that.
0: 108 to 102. How about that for a high school score over Chelsea in two overtime? So something to to see if we get any CHSL uh, versus Ipsy Lincoln matchups like we saw last year in the state championships. Uh, versus U.D. Jesuit. Now it's time for Since 1926 with Steve Wedrock. Steve, take it away. This moment in Catholic League history
2: remembers Detroit Benedictine High School's basketball standout Keisha Kelly. As a junior, the 5'10 forward led the Ravens to a 7-3 record and a berth in the Catholic League playoffs. That season, Benedictine made it to the championship game where they fell to Waterford, Our Lady of the Lakes, 49 to 42. Kelly led the Ravens' attack with 19 points. In her senior season, Kelly averaged 24 points and 11 rebounds, was named to the 1990 All-Catholic basketball team, and was selected to the All-State basketball team by both the Detroit Free Press and Detroit News. Kelly's Ravens again qualified for the Catholic League playoffs during her senior year, but were defeated in the semifinals by St. Mary Redford. After her time at Benedictine, Kelly played collegiately at Michigan State University, where she earned a basketball scholarship. She excelled for the Spartans and was named to the first team All-Big Ten during her senior year. Kelly finished with 1,668 points the most in school history when she graduated. Kelly earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice from MSU and later returned to earn her master's degree in social work in 2007. She was inducted into the Catholic League Hall of Fame in 1995 and the Michigan State Athletics Hall of Fame in 2011. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926.
1: Well, we're now joined by our guest here of the podcast this week, It's Marion head coach Mary Cicerone. Her team 13 and 3, 9 and 1 in the Catholic League. But the resume for coach here is incredible 16 Catholic League championships, six state championships, over 30 district titles, 15 regional titles. Uh, it's over 600 career wins. Um, right now, our team is number 10 in the MHSAA final MPR. Uh, so, Coach, you got a tremendous team, and of course, have had such a tremendous career at Marion. Thanks so much for taking some time and joining us here today.
3: Sure, no problem.
1: Well, we talk about, I guess, all of those successful teams that have gone through Marion over the course of the year, but your team. Thirteen and three, nine and one. So regular season co-champs. Just talk about what makes this team special or unique, maybe compared to teams that you've had in the past.
3: Well, it's kind of hard to do that because I've had so many good teams. I've been uh, blessed with, you know, kids that that work very hard. And some years we've had tremendous talent and the work ethic. But almost every year I've had tremendous work ethic. So I think that makes it easy for me. Uh, the kids usually come to play hard and, and listen and are very coachable. So this is a typical, I would say, Marion team. Uh, maybe a little more talented than some of my teams. Not Probably not quite as talented as the ones that won a state championship, but we're, we got a good mixture of youth and, and the seniors. So You know, all you got to do is make a good state run, have a few lucky, lucky moments and, and hit some big shots. And, you know, things could, I could be talking about these kids as state champs too. So you never know.
1: No doubt about that. Well, as we record the podcast, it's Wednesday the 19th and your team has a big matchup with father Gabriel Richard on tap tonight. This is a team that you guys have beat twice in the regular season by 12 and by 11 um, but competitive games, and it's a Father Gabriel Richard team. We were talking here before the podcast that they're competitive and they're playing good basketball right now. So what do you have to do with your team to help them stay prepared and motivated trying to beat a team for a now third time?
3: Uh, I don't think I have to motivate them. I mean, that would be pretty disappointing if I did. They know, we've played them twice. They know that Gabriel Richard has given us uh, good games uh, and that we had to do our best. We had to play well to beat them. So I think they're, you're not, you know, I've been emphasizing this. My coaches and I have been emphasizing that, you know, they're going to come to play. We know they play hard and all they have to do is have a good shooting night. I think they had a really good shooting night against Regina the other night. When I watched that game, they, they shot the ball really well. And once a team starts shooting the ball, well, everything else starts to go for them. They, their defense picks up and they played a good game. And uh, so I'm a little nervous for sure.
1: No doubt. Well, Best of luck in that one tonight, and if you win that tonight and Mercy takes care of business in their game as well, it would bring about a, a third matchup between your two teams. Now, Mercy, as I'm sure you're aware of, obviously picked up their first win over you guys since 2017. You guys were able to since play another game, get that revenge win. What would it mean for you and for your girls to get a, a third game against Mercy and an opportunity to play them down at Callahan Hall again for a Catholic League championship?
3: Well, I, I say this every year, that's one of our main goals to get to the Catholic League finals and win. So whether it be Mercy or Divine Child, that's always been a goal of ours. Uh, Mercy and, and uh, we've had some really nice games, both very down to the wire. We went over there and Mercy played really well and we didn't, they came to our place. And we played well, and they didn't. Mainly shooting. It was both... They We had an off night at their house, and they had an off night at ours. So, this will be the rubber match kind of thing. We get there. But, you know, can't think about Marissa until I get past Richard. And and I don't think Gary's thinking about us until he gets back... Be, um, gets past Divine Child, because uh, they had a tough game over there at, at Divine Child. So, it's both games tonight should be a good game. And then... Fingers crossed, we do our job and get to the finals and, and sure. play whomever.
1: You talk about having a good balance of youth and some seniors. Who are some of those key seniors for you? And, you know, that may be them having that experience being a huge factor going into the Catholic League playoffs and then into the state tournament as well.
3: Lauren LeCary is my senior post guard uh, A post. She's played for, this is her fourth year, and she is an excellent defender uh, she does a lot for us, uh, rebounding, and she leads the team in rebounding, and uh, she's just a tough kid, works really hard, and she's, you know, a captain and, and has brought us this far, so we're going to lean on her a lot. My other senior who starts is um, injured. Uh, Sophia Mancini twisted her ankle the other day, and she will not be playing tonight. So that makes things a little more nervous. And she's a four-year varsity player. But filling in for her is another senior, Faith Glittner. And uh, we're putting pressure on Faith to step up, and uh, I'm sure she'll do it for us.
1: Having good depth is so important, and being able to rely on that that next next one up mentality, right? That's got to be so important for a team that, in a program that has such sustained success over the years.
3: Oh, for sure, for sure. You gotta, you gotta have. Well, we got two kids that went off to uh, Guatemala for our missionary. Uh, Mary runs this missionary program, which is part of the school, and it's like a, you know. Kids want to do it. They want to go help. And I have two juniors who aren't going to be there, so I actually only have six of my kids for tonight's game. And of course, we pulled up some JV kids because Sophia's hurt, and I got two in Guatemala, and then uh, so we're we're playing a little short. But yeah, wow, you can't not let them go when this is something they'll always remember as far as helping people who need help. For and sure. So we're going to struggle a little bit. Hopefully stay out of phone trouble tonight.
1: Well, you bring up a nice maybe transition here to the final question I wanted to ask. you, And it's something that for those that listen to the podcast each week, you know, we like to talk about really the, the, the true value of the Catholic League and being at an institution where you're allowed to express your faith and, and share that faith and those religious beliefs. Um so how do you at Marion, everybody's got a different a different way of doing it and there's some commonalities and some uniqueness at Marion, what do you do with your basketball program to incorporate faith and and that Catholic value and tradition?
3: Oh, I just think it carries over from from the classes and, and masses we have that we respect each other. We 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 try to help others who need it. You know, not everybody at Marion is wealthy. Um, but there is the, that respect and, and admiration and admiring what what other people can do, and and uh, the girls have their routine before every game that they do their their basketball. We call it the basketball prayer. Um, but I think it's more than just that prayer before the game. I just see how they they interact as, as good people, and be, during practices and after practices, and I think that's that's part of the whole school environment.
1: For sure. Well, coach, good luck tonight. Obviously, as we record on the night of the Catholic League semifinal game, and as you brace for another playoff run with hopes of a state championship, thanks so much for joining us and best of luck on the remainder of your season. All right, thank you. Again, that's Coach Mary Cicerone from Marion High School.
0: Well, that's interesting, Brendan. That that's something I didn't know. In in terms of how short-handed Marion will be, at least for the short term, but good for Mary Ciceroni uh, and the Marion Mustangs realizing, hey, look, yes, you know, we're in an important spot right now. We're in the semifinals in the Catholic League, trying to advance to the the championship on Saturday, but still allowing those girls to experience
1: something maybe they'll never get to experience right. again. That's what it's about. And you got to give credit to to Marion, the coaches, and the players. Just of knowing that obviously they want to be at that basketball game and there's a very significant level of importance to it. But when you look at that grand scheme of life and you talk about just a life experience, that's a really, really good thing. So, you know, for a couple of those girls to be on that missionary trip, that's so nice. And hopefully, for Marion's sake, they're able to get through this next game and get back to full strength or close to it at least. Uh, for a Catholic League championship opportunity on Saturday. But for Father Gabriel Richard, maybe something to capitalize on and earn a trip down to Callahan.
0: Well our things to watch this week is very full of basketball because mm-hmm. it's a big time for basketball with the, the girls basketball bracket wrapping up and also the you know the state districts being released as well. But you look Right at the you know the girls basketball championship, I already have two teams in two surprise teams, two upsets Our Lady of The Lakes versus St. Catherine will take uh, on each other for the Cardinal Division championship down at Callahan Hall. The championship will be played on a Saturday this year. The change, uh, you know, with the archdiocese moving towards you know getting away from Sunday games, but. Um, How about that matchup? I mean, you see a Lakes team really shaping and getting healthy. It's really the first time this year, and they're not fully healthy quite yet, but they feel like, hey, we got our best foot forward in terms of the team we're putting out there. And then St. Catherine also advancing to their second championship in a row. They beat, you know,
1: Foley by a a score of 50 to 35. So they're rolling as well. You look at it. Last week on the podcast, I I predicted you'd see a Shrine and Foley Catholic League final. And obviously, (laughs) that's a sign of don't fill out a bracket this year. Put no (laughs) money on it because it's... Thank you. Thank you for the foreshadow. But uh, nonetheless... I did say our lady of the lakes could be trying and that was going to be a good game. And that's large in part to the fact that they're starting to get healthy. They're not there quite yet, but they're getting better and they're going to put themselves in position to be playing at the right time. And for them to now get to a Catholic league final and maybe have an opportunity to win one man, that would be good momentum heading into the state tournament. So for lakes that win doesn't surprise me as much. Um, I thought Shrine would do it, but it was a close game, and and credit to Our Lady of the Lakes on achieving that victory. The surprising one came from St. Catherine of Siena, and they just took it full force to Bishop Foley. You mentioned the 15-point win. That's a game I don't think anybody saw that coming, but you just never know come tournament time, a motivated team, a determined team, and that's not to say Foley wasn't that, but St. Catherine of Siena was on a mission and they were ready for that game. So credit to them. That's uh, that's a huge win. That's something that really it probably came unexpected, but it's going to make for a great Catholic League final of two teams that did not win the regular season division, but both are getting hot at the right time, playing good basketball, and earning that trip to the Catholic League final
0: yeah and I mean, now the question is, and again, we already mentioned uh, with Mary Ciceronia, but yes, we're recording uh, on Wednesday morning, like almost afternoon here, but um will the rematch happen between Mercy and Marion? I don't know if you want to put your you know record on the line again here and <laughs> try to predict or if you're just gonna you know go into I, the rock or
1: whatever. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that Marion being shorthanded is what makes us interesting. Also, you got to think Divine Child last year pulled off this upset over Mercy in the Catholic League playoffs too. So, wouldn't that be something though if none of those four teams
0: made it? It's possible. It, it it's certainly possible from what we've seen in, in, in basketball and what we've seen in in the last few years, but you know, heading into the year and and just looking at how things shaped up, it's like, well, I, don't know. I think it's a sure bet for at least one of those teams to be made."
1: But I agree. But uh, you know, I, I, if I was if I if I was a betting man, I would put it on a rematch of Mercy and Marion. But Father Gabriel Richard for them, you know, they're going to come out firing tonight. You know, hey, Marion's shorthanded, injuries, girls out, whatever. This is our chance, and you know what? That's what it takes. You, sometimes you got to get a little lucky. When you go on a great run, you get a little luck. This is their luck. Will they capitalize? We'll find out. We'll find out tonight. Uh, and, and the Mercy-Divine Child game, does Mercy come out with some vengeance against Divine Child? Is this a, hey, they did it once, we're not going to let it happen again? We'll see, right? Uh, if I, I'd like to pick Mercy and Marion to get the job done and, and play down at Callahan Hall, but uh, I, I, we'll have to see. I would bet on that, though.
0: Moving on to the boys. I mean, the bracket is ready for the Catholic High School League. Uh, you, you look at the Cardinal Division. Those games will be played at Sacred Heart on Saturday. Foley versus Everest at 11 a.m. Shrine versus Mooney at 12.30. That's the top of the bracket. Then Gabriel Richard Riverview versus Liggett at 3.30. And the uh, bottom of the bracket is Crystal Ray versus Cranbrook. Any thoughts
1: on that real quick? The one that stands out to me is Cardinal, Mooney, and Shrine. That's gonna be a really good game. They played a couple competitive games in the regular season. Mooney just beat them by two not too long ago. So look for that to be prime time. That's a team enshrined that, you know, they're very familiar with making a Catholic League playoff run and getting to Callahan Hall. But Coach McAndrews has got something special going over there, Cardinal Mooney right now. He's got a nice group of seniors with some youth that's really pushing the team along, some good guard play. Um you know, they're, they're talented. And, and I I think Cardinal Mooney has a real good opportunity to make a run here in these Catholic league playoffs, but Shrine's going to give them a real stiff challenge in that first game. So if I'm looking at it, that's where my eyes immediately go. I'd like Crystal Ray to maybe make a run in the tournament as well. They were right there in the mix, you know, coming down the stretch of the regular season and uh, in the intersectional two standing. So I like them to be a team that maybe makes a little bit of a run as well. I'm not sure if they'll beat Riverview Richard, assuming they get past their first game. So uh, that's another team to keep an eye on. Riverview Richard's definitely the favorite coming out of the the Cardinal division to to win the whole thing. But, you know, as we've already seen, the favorite's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So we've seen uh, a couple of undefeated teams from the regular season in terms of league play already fall. So it's it's very possible.
0: and the Bishops Division, you have the, the top team in the Bracket Orchard Lake-St. Mary's versus Divine Child. These are at Marion at 11 o'clock. Lutheran North versus Rice at 12.30. Loyola and De La Salle at 2.00. And then UD versus Catholic Central at 3.30. And you, you look at, at these matchups and you say... Is this the year that you see a double A team, you know, kind of sneak their way, maybe try to make a Callahan run here? Loyola, De La Salle sticks out as a a matchup that's intriguing. Lutheran North versus Brother Rice even, uh, you know, raises an an eyebrow uh, to some. So we'll see what happens in in that uh, Bishops division here this year.
1: Well, I look at it as De La Salle, Loyola is a rematch of last year, and Loyola won. Uh, Loyola won a close game last year over De La Salle. And there were some, De La Salle was in a bad spot. Loyola was playing just really good basketball and they ended up winning a very physical, chippy game. Um, you look throughout the rest of those matchups, U of D, Catholic Central. I would expect U of D to come out of that game on top. I expect St. Mary's to cruise through to the Catholic League final. Um, but but Mary's and Rice could be a really interesting matchup in the Catholic League semis. I don't know if Luther North's going to be able to hang with Brother Rice. Rice is just I really like Brother Rice's team. They've got some size. They're athletic. They shoot the ball really well. And when they're shooting the ball well, I think they can beat anybody including Orchard Lake in the Catholic League. So I really like Brother Rice and the team that they have currently assembled. So could Rice do it? Yeah. They could beat Mary's in the bottom of the bracket. i, I I'm thinking Loyola-DLSL is going to be a really good game, but I'd expect a U of D-DLSL rematch. That's a matchup that just happened last Friday. Went overtime and U of D pulled away and won by seven, but it was just a good close game. So you could see some really good games here in the Catholic League playoff. and I actually think it's really set up for some fun matchups in each round. Whereas, you know, maybe you, you could have seen it stacked one way and then the Catholic League final be a good matchup, but there'd be a couple blowouts. I actually think with the exception of maybe Orchard Lake-St. Mary's, the first game versus Divine Child, I expect every f- first-round game to be competitive, every semifinal game to be very competitive, and then the Catholic League final to be very competitive. So it should be fun to watch those playoffs and and kind of that final thing we wanted to talk about things to watch for with Orchard Lake St. Mary's and we talk about them cruising Lauren Bowman is on that Mr. Basketball watch so he's a guy too that you know when we do our scouting report for Orchard Lake St. Mary's first thing on the board is Bowman the showman we know that this kid is the real deal the best part about Lauren Bowman though is he's a class act He's another one of those kids that really just represents his school and the league the right way, uh, plays the game the right way. So you root for a kid like that. You want to see a kid like that be successful. you know. And maybe if you're on the opposing sideline that night, you're rooting for him to have a bad shooting night. But overall, you know, it's a good kid and a guy that he's played really well on a very talented team, but he is no doubt he is the leader. He is the anchor. He's the one that keeps him going. And there's plenty of guys that can score the ball, but he's he's, he's still head honcho over there. So very, very talented and should be on that radar and maybe the favorite to win Mr. Basketball.
0: 26 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, 5 assists per game, 3 steals a game, 11 games in the 20s this year, 2 in the 30s, season high 36 versus UD in 31 versus Rice uh, in the last game, and I was kind of emailing back and forth with Lon Carson, who handles the stats over at Orchard Lake, and it's like, has this guy gotten below 20 at all this season? Because it seems like when you scroll down Twitter, 20, 25, 26, he scored 30 this night. That's just, uh, you know, what a Mr. Basketball candidate should be in, in, in itself.
1: Yeah, no doubt, right? It, it, it's, it's beyond the statistics. It's just the the level uh, that he brings of play to the floor every night you could just see it right even if even if he misses a few shots just like anything he shoots can go in he is that dynamic of a player so big reason why Orchard Lake St Mary's is so so good and a favorite to win a state title shout out as well to at UDJ Esports they pushed just over a hundred followers.
0: This week, and shout out to everybody that's followed us this week as well at Inside Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. We posted a goal of 150 followers. We still have a little bit of time as we record here on Wednesday. Hopefully, the the Twitter world responds. But hey, how about we set a goal of 200 by next episode? I mean, you guys are doing a really good job. We've already scored 26, 27 in the last uh, couple days. So thank you to you, and certainly. You know, tag your friends as well to to follow us on Twitter. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going, no doubt about that. Well... A reminder to subscribe as well. Rate us, give us comments, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can, again, search us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL or Gmail, InsideCHSL at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories and and the big moments that you witnessed in the past week, and we will see you for episode 11 next week. Sean Belisian, the everything man, I guess, for hockey in the state of Michigan will be on with us, excited uh, for us for him to join us. See them!